Hello, I'm Monsignor Jim Lasanti. Today, on Personally Speaking, I'll be joined by Father Leo Patalinghug. Father Leo is an award-winning cook, radio, and television host. Please stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti. And Father Leo Padalinghug joins me now. Father Leo, who is known as the Cooking Priest, is a member of a community of consecrated life called Voluntus Dei, which means the will of God. He's the founder and host of Plating Grace, an apostolate to strengthen families and communities around the dinner table. And he also hosts Savoring Our Faith on EWTN. Father Leo is an internationally renowned conference speaker and author who promotes the importance of not what's on the table, but who's around the table. He's here with us today to talk about his goal of strengthening people's faith using the powerful medium of food. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, the cooking priest, Father Leo. Father Leo, thank you so much for coming on our show. Oh, no, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you and to, to be back in touch after many, many years. And for our listeners around the country, because of the COVID-19 crisis, yep. uh, we are not at our New York City studio. We are taping remotely, and we're hoping uh, that this taping turns out beautifully because we have such a great guest in Father Leo. Father Leo, for our listeners around the country, I'm not even going to attempt to uh, understand <laughs> or how to say appropriately the last name, so give it to me. <laughs> Paddling hug, just like it's spelled. And uh, it sounds like paddling somebody and then hugging them. So, oh, that's good. Okay. Father Leo is easy. That Father Leo is the best way. And I am happily assigned with Father Andy Ergargo from the Philippines, who when he heard that you were going to be on the show was so thrilled because apparently, especially in the Filipino community, you, Father Leo, are a legend. <laughs> I'm, I'm too young for that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, we were talking about that beforehand. How many years are you ordained now? 20 years, 20 plus years, 21 actually in a month. Okay, and and, uh, when you got ordained, how old were you? I was 29 years old, so I have approached the big 5-0 in May. That's beautiful, and I I resent you for that, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I just saw pictures of you. I, I thought this of you. You don't look much older than I do, so come well, on. Well, it's amazing how it's you can touch Italian up blood. pictures, Father Leo. You can, you can touch <laughs> up pictures to look as, as good as you want to look. Our, our listeners around the country heard me in the introduction introduce you as the cooking priest. Before we get into this amazing ministry of, of the connection between God and food that you've made around the world, really, here's my question when you say you're ordained 20-plus years. Father Leo, in light of the fact that the Church and the world have changed so much in the past 20 years, Knowing what you know now, would you do it again? Oh, my gosh, I would do it a million times over. You know, the priesthood, first of all, is a, it's a sacrifice, it's a challenge, but it is a beautiful vocation, and now more than ever, we see how the priesthood is essential for a healthy life, a healthy culture, a, a, a healthy spirituality, so I would a thousand times do it again. Okay, now one of the things we do when we get ordained, and I, I think people know this, but they might not, is for all of us, we kneel down in front of whoever our respective bishop is, 
and we say, I promise you and your success is obedience and respect. Who did you make that promise to 20 years ago? That was uh, his eminence, Cardinal Keeler, may his soul rest in peace. And since then, I've had three other bishops. That was um, Cardinal Ed Edwin O'Brien uh, from New York, and then now Archbishop Lori. Uh, but I also, being a member of a consecrated life, uh, have an obedience to the secular institute. It's a form of consecrated life. It's a pontifical rite, a big word that basically means that ultimately we fall under the auspice of the Holy Father. So I've got many bosses, Monsignor, many, many bosses. Father Leo, I want to ask you, the person who ordained you many years ago, Cardinal Keeler, was a guest on a TV show I had hosted many years ago, and he was very um, unusual in that the man seemed to be a guy of enormous and genuine humility. Um, in the time that you served under Cardinal Keeler, who, as you mentioned before, has gone to God, what did you learn about him uh, and through him? I, I, I learned that he is a man of humility, for sure. I had the opportunity to have Mass with him on several occasions, privately, in a private chapel, when he visited us in Rome, because I was a student there. But I also know that humility does not mean lack of culture or ignorance to the finer things in life, because he had superb, impeccable taste. And to be honest with right. you, one of the reasons why I, I love food so much is because when we were seminarians, he would take us to very nice restaurants in Italy, <laughs> and he wanted to make sure that we knew how to associate not just with the poor, but with people who have means. And so we wanted to make sure we, his seminarians, were also cultured. And Dag Maggot, I learned some pretty darn good recipes at those <laughs> restaurants, too. Uh, all right. Now, how this young man is ordained a uh, priest in the Archdiocese of Baltimore and uh, most of us expect when we're ordained that we'll be doing mostly parish ministry. How, out of that, do you evolve this great ministry of connecting God and food? How did it all happen? Well, you know, the Plating Grace ministry has gone through some evolutions. At one point, it was just what we did as priests. We visited people in their homes. We ate dinner with them. And because I have a culinary background, I would show up early to their dismay, but really when they found out that I was there not to make them uncomfortable, but to be part of the family, to help set the table, to help clean up, and to be honest with you, to make sure the food tasted good, the word mm -hmm. got around, and basically a producer wanted to learn about it. He wanted to film a pilot. I told him over my resurrected body, because I didn't want to be a priest on TV cooking. I don't want to be known for that. <laughs> but it grew so organically that Brother Priest and even the Archbishop of Baltimore not only gave his approval, but he gave his blessing, and he wanted to make sure that people saw priests in a new light. And gratefully, the other bishops sought uh, new ways to evangelize and saw my Plating Grace movement as something that can really help connect families around what I call the domestic church's altar, which is the dinner table. So by God's strange design and plan, what just turned out to be a passion for food and faith turned into an international movement. Father Leo, uh, if you haven't had a chance to our listeners to see him in action, uh, never gives a, a boring talk or a boring homily. He has this uh, dynamic energy in much of what he does. You know and I know, Father Leo, that unfortunately, uh, while many of our Protestant brothers and sisters in, and many other faiths have preachers and ministers who are uh, 
they they're well trained in in public speaking that that our guys are sometimes lax in that. Um, people say I'm not getting a whole lot out of the homily or out of the talk. Were you always that dynamic young man, or is it is it a, a a style that you developed in time? How did you learn to be not just someone who has something to say, but also someone who has the ability to put it across well and with dynamism? Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that because that dynamism sometimes looks like hyperactivity due to, you know, large amounts of coffee. So <laughs> it could be me being excited. But yes, I've always been a very excited person. But when I was actually in high school, I studied speech and debate and competed publicly. When I was in college, I actually learned the craft more deeply to the point where I was teaching it. And I realized that, you know, our Catholic faith has the most beautiful teachings, but if it is stuck behind what I would call an untrained presentation, then that Mm -hmm. can really fall flat. And so I just made it a point, especially as we're, I'm preaching more publicly now, to try to touch all of the senses of people, not just the auricular hearing, but also the sight with just like the chopping and the presentation and also tasting and smelling, which are powerful senses. And so this presentation is just trying to captivate, I think, what Jesus did when he said, taste and see the, well, the Psalms said it about Jesus, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I think what we've got to do in our church's um, mission is to, again, return to the senses, the candles being lit, the beautiful vessels, the smell of the incense, the beauty of the art. I think we just need to use all of the senses to evangelize. That's a great idea. For our listeners around the country who are taking an interest in what you have to say, Father Leo, how do they find out more about your ministry, how to uh, bring you to their particular part of the country to speak and to bring your ministry to them? What's the best contact point for you? Well, the easiest is to go to the website, which is called platinggrace.com. And uh, plating grace is a chefy term. It's basically presentation. What do you do with the plate? You, you plate it. So we're plating God's grace. So platinggrace.com. People also find me on social media at Father Leo Feeds. And then if all of that is confusing, just Google cooking priest. You will find me. <laughs> Now, are you the only one in the country who's doing this using his uh, priesthood and his ability as a master chef to bring people to a better understanding of God? No, Monsignor, that's a beautiful question. It's something that all priests do. By our very nature as spiritual fathers, as as shepherds or pastors to souls, we are plating grace. We're literally serving up God's grace in every liturgy. What I'm doing that might be different is I'm trying to make that connection with what we do at church to what families and communities do at the dinner table. And Monsignor, to be very honest with you, you were plating grace for me when I was a young priest so many years ago when I met you at a, at a mutual friend's ordination. You invited us to lunch, and I remember very specifically just what a beautiful, powerful spiritual experience it was sitting around at a restaurant eating a really delicious burger. I remember it very clearly. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> so it was a good burger. So we're all supposed to do it. We're all supposed to be plating grace. We're talking here with Father Leo, the cooking priest, about his ministry. You know, to have the opportunity to travel the world and to share your message, which you have done and will continue to do, um, 
a lot of bishops out there would be of the mind, well, you know, while that's a nice ministry, I need people on the home front, I need people to do parish work, uh, we, we need personnel, we need person. So you've obviously, in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, found uh, shepherds who saw the value in what you were doing. How did you convince your bosses that, I, I can do priestly ministry, you know, locally, but I also am called to do something in a broader world? Well, that's a great question, and so I'm grateful that the Holy Father, uh, prior to Vatican II, created a new form of exercising priestly ministry called the Secular Institute. So while it is relatively new in the life of the Church, I felt a deep calling to the spirituality and to the community of this particular Secular Institute, which is called Voluntas Dei, a Latin phrase that simply means the will of God. And so even though I had bishops who were very welcoming to have me do kind of this food and faith ministry, I also needed a community to help give me formation for what it takes to be a missionary in the secular world. And so I was given permission to enter into the Secular Institute. They provide me a great support system basically the canonical support, as well as the spirituality to do this work, which is certainly different and unique in the modern day. But, Monsignor, we got to remember that, you know, at one point, diocesan priests, we weren't just simply doing parish work. We were doing whatever needed to be done, because diocesan priests are secular priests, too. So whatever needed to be done, we just did it. And I think the bishops see that there is a need to reach beyond the church's walls. This is bad English, but to meet people where they're at. And where are they? Well, they're in restaurants. They are at the dinner tables. They're at food trucks. They're at food festivals. And if the church does not become a part of what they created, namely food and culture, again, that's what the Catholic Church has done, if we kind of abrogate that part of culture and just to the secular world, then what's going to happen? The same thing that happened to the entertainment industry. It's going to just become so secular that it's going to be anti-religious. You know, again, the entertainment industry, that was Catholic. The food industry, that's Catholic. Arts and, and culture, that's Catholic. We need mm-hmm. to be a part of it. Father Leo is our guest, the cooking priest known internationally for making the connection between God and food. Now, you know, anyone listening to you, Father Leo, hears the great enthusiasm in your voice. You have a great dynamism, as I mentioned. But let me let me say, uh, I remember in the movie It's a Wonderful Life by Frank Capra, they, right mm-hmm. at the beginning of the film, highlight the fact that physical illness is not as a great a problem in the world as discouragement where the soul is hurting. I mention that because recently we, we had a film festival where we showed films about the priesthood in the past, like Bells of St. Mary's or Going My Way with Bing Crosby, as opposed to the more modern films on the priesthood, something like Spotlight. My point is, in this age in which we've been battered by scandals and cover-up and uh, have fallen victim to lawsuits and all the rest of it. How do you, as a person and as a priest who loves his church and thinks we have something important to give the world and to share with the world, how do you raise your spirits beyond the scandals and, and embrace hope? You know, I think it's the same way that anybody who has ex- experienced the brokenness of humanity have to deal with it. 
They just have to, first of all, accept that we are broken people. And it's not limited to the priesthood. We're just a part of a broken culture. And then the second thing is you take that brokenness and you bring it to God, and God will even say to you, uh, even though you're broken and completely unworthy, there's still a place for you at my table, and there's still a job for you. It took great discernment, because what you're talking about, Monsignor, requires deep discernment. And I have felt many a times that I should not be doing this great public work because I'm a sinner just like everybody else. And mm-hmm. the, the, the wisdom of the church reminds us that Jesus encourages us to be faithful, more than anything else. And that just simply implies when you fall, you get up and you try again. So that means I've got a spiritual director who keeps me in line. I've got a spiritual kind of regimen that, that says if you don't at least do the basics, yeah, you can fall in, in hard ways. And then I also have a family that totally mm. keeps me humble. And, and I think what's different from my work than, say, for example, Fulton Sheen, you know, like uh, he was an amazing kind of public figure. But, but I'm a little different in that I'm not out there just speaking to people. I'm literally out there with an apron, doing your dishes, you know, <laughs> plating your food, sweating while I'm talking. And I basically am your servant. And, and, and that's been a real great gift is reminding myself that I'm not here for accolades. I'm here to literally serve you. And the best way that I feel gratification is when I can make someone eat Brussels sprouts when they say that they hate it, but then after they eat mine, they say, a miracle has occurred. They will now (laughs) eat Brussels sprouts. (laughs) Yeah, it would take a lot of convincing to get me to eat that stuff, let me tell you. you, (laughs) Challenge met. Here we go. (laughs) The the challenge is met. Uh, Father Leo is our guest, the cooking priest. Father Leo, uh, I know some people in my parish were kind of a... I don't know if it's called amazed or, or troubled, or they had this notion, for instance, that Mother Teresa, now Saint Teresa of Calcutta, must have been a person who had an easy and uh, always alive faith. And when her diary came out expressing the fact that she had times of great doubt, a uh, great struggle to believe, uh, they were shaken by that. But at the same time, I saw it as a wonderful testimony to the fact that even saints go through dark nights of the soul. When you find yourself as a as a modern day priest going through moments of doubt in the faith, um, you talk about your spiritual director, you talk about uh, the experiences you have in prayer, but do you have any advice for the whole world when we go through times of doubt? Like, is there a road out of that that you found most effective? Yeah. First of all, be honest with yourself and make sure you are talking about who you are, what you're going through with someone who is trusted and someone who is professional, even if it requires you to speak with a counselor. So just truly knowing yourself and being honest with yourself. The second thing is um, to serve somebody. I mean, I I have gotten this kind of deep lesson when I was a seminarian. There were times when I felt sorry for myself. I'd go to my spiritual director and he basically said, you know, then go and do something kind for others. And, mm-hmm. and that has really made all the difference of the world. Quick story. I went out of my spiritual direction feeling sorry for myself. He told me to do something good for someone else. As I was walking back to my room thinking about what I was going to do, I met a friend who said, it's you, Leo. I'm supposed to do something good for you. And he just happened to have had the same <laughs> spiritual director. <laughs> and you know oh, what he did? Funny. He took me out for ice cream. 
That's what mm. he did. He said, I, after he had that same conversation with the same spiritual director, he went to his room, grabbed a handful of chains and said, change and said, the first person I see, I, who, no matter who it is, I'm going to take them out for ice cream. It just happened to be me. And that idea of serving people is no different from the old woman who only put two pennies in the collection basket. She went away justified because she gave out of her need, not out of her excess. And if what we need is a little compassion, what we got to do is give it. And it really is an amazing grace-filled transformation. When you're hurting, serve someone else. I guarantee you it's the best remedy. Father Leo, the cooking priest, is our guest here. Uh, Father Leo, let me ask you something. What, when you look back on your earlier life, uh, I know that you're close to them and you love them very much, but how, how would you explain what your parents did right in raising you and your, your family? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, being my parents' favorite child. You know, I, mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I know that role. I can, I'm in the same role. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought we had a good friendship here, but the idea of my parents making sure, number one, we knew our faith. We, uh, there was no question. We always went to church, and I know in this modern age, families struggle to get their kids to church. There was just no question in my church, because my mom and dad um, knew a very powerful tool. It was called Catholic guilt. They knew how to truly <laughs> teach us something about faith. My mom and dad explain it this way. Basically, what I want to do is give something to you that is important to me. If it's not helpful to you, then you have to tell me why. But don't think that going to church is here to, is something to give you punishment or pain. No, it's my gift to you. So we always saw faith from my mom and dad as a gift that they were trying to give to us. And I didn't want to be a jerk and reject it. And then now that I realize it is a part of who I am. I've made it my own. So number one, they gave me faith. They also gave me discipline. They were not afraid to discipline their children, but they also took us on pilgrimages. They showed us a bigger view of the church. It wasn't just the four walls that you go to every Sunday. When we went on vacations, we had to make sure we visited a church and it was a thing to behold. It was an activity to to really enjoy an experience. And so I think if parents give faith, if they give discipline, and they give good experiences of the church, it's going to be the gift that literally keeps on giving. Do you remember, Father Leo, at what point the gift that they were giving you, the faith that they, they planted, that seed in you, stopped being just the faith that parents handed to us but became intimately your own? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Because I didn't want to go to church, but I did it not to, you know, make my family angry at me or to be disappointed in me. And it was a Sunday where I went to church alone because I had to go to work that afternoon. It was during Advent and I was working in the mall. So I had to go to church early, get to the mall. But there was a mission preacher who explained the mass and said, if you're coming to church and you don't know why, I invite you to come to one night of the mission. And if you don't want to go to church after that, you don't have to go. So I literally got to work, made a phone call to my mom and said, I'm going to be late coming home because I'm going to go to this mission. And my mom said, you're going to go to the mission. And I said, yes, because mm. the priest said, if I don't want to go to church after that, I don't have to go. 
I literally was trying to find a way out of church. <laughs> but this man was mesmerizing, and all he did was explain the Mass. And I remember mm-hmm. sitting at the edge of the pew thinking, I'm actually interested. This makes sense. And because of that moment, that began the baby steps to really making faith my own to the point where I went to confession. I started to go to church more regularly, even throughout the day. And then I went on another pilgrimage and I just realized the church is where it's at. I mean, if you go around the world, the places that people go for vacation destinations are actually at one point, they were religious destinations. They went to these beautiful shrines. They went to these monasteries built on the cliffs that overlooked the, 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 the Mediterranean Ocean. They, they, you see that there was just such beauty to the faith. And I just realized that um, if I want to live well, I got to live within the church. That's beautiful. Father Leo has been our guest, as I mentioned to you. He's the cooking priest. As we're wrapping up our interview, Father Leo, would you share with our viewers around the country one more time to find out where you're speaking, where they can see you, how they can learn more about your ministry, uh, platinggrace.com, and so much else that you do? How should they get in contact with you or find out more? Yeah, the easiest way is that to go to the website at platinggrace.com. My TV show on EWTN is called favoring our faith. My radio work and podcast, this is kind of odd, is called Shoot the Shiitake with Father Leo. It's just me (laughs) talking with people about who they are and learning from them. And then on social media, I'm at Father Leo Feeds. That's wonderful. Father Leo, thank you for being a guest on our show and and for the dynamic energy you bring to your priesthood, the conviction, uh, the fact that you're willing to share not only what you believe in, but the struggles you've had along the way, the gratitude you have, obviously, for the parents who share their faith with you as a gift, your desire to make that beautiful connection between uh, food and faith and uh, and a love of God, uh, your dynamic preaching around the world, which I hope you'll continue for many years to come, the fact that you haven't given to discouragement but have stayed on top of trying to make the best priesthood of your life you can. I'm so grateful for your priesthood, and I'm so grateful to you for sharing a lot of what you're doing and will continue to do, God willing, with our listeners today. Thank you, Father Leo, for being with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us today. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can go to our website, which is www.CloseEncounterTV.com. CloseEncounterTV.com. Personally speaking, is also a podcast with some of our most recent shows. I can go to YouTube and search Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti and subscribe there. We'd love to have you be a subscriber to Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti on YouTube. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, on iHeart, and on Spotify. You can also listen to past episodes by going to, once again, www.closeencountertv.com and clicking on the radio button at the top of the page. And additionally, personally speaking, episodes are on www.ollmp.org, where you'll not only uh, get our past shows, but also Monsignor Jim's weekly homilies. I'd like to uh, tell you that I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, personally speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Our engineer is Chris Wallach, and our audio facility is Dream Recording Studios in Belmore, Long Island, New York. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.